This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Switchcraft, a podcast about the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo stuff in general. On October 20th, Nintendo revealed their next home console, and I say that with the largest of air quotes uh, around that home, because it looks like the rumors are true, and the system is actually going to be a portable hybrid console that you can play at home and on the go. Uh, so they re- they released all their information in a three-minute video, and let's take a look at what that video confirmed first. Let's start with the name. Uh, Nintendo Switch. And I really didn't think they could come up with a better name than the NX. I thought that they were going to go with Nintendo Next, having like the N be capital and then the X be capital with the E and the T of the next um, lowercase, if that makes sense. Although at the same time, I think that might have been too close to, or too close to the, uh, the, 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 the next computer company that was, uh, made by Steve Jobs after he left Apple, uh, back in the day. Um, any, anyway, like I was saying, I didn't think that they'd be able to make a better, or come up with a better name than NX or, or Nintendo Next, and they really did. Uh, I think Switch is a fantastic name. Um, the console is going to give you uh, the ability to switch between playing at home or playing on the go. And not only that, but they showed when you were putting the, the extra portions of the uh, the L- or Joy-Con, that's what they call the controls for this thing, when the, you snap them into the uh, console, uh, they make this real audible click that sounds like somebody's flipping a switch. So, And they really emphasize that in the video. Um, and they can also do some pretty great marketing telling people, you know, it's time to switch to Nintendo. Uh, so, you know, that's all that stuff is really good. And, and I think the name is fantastic. And uh, it's it's not like other console names either. We've got Xbox, which screams uh, 1990s. Um, it's got then we've got PlayStation. It's stream. It, it, it's it's talking about being a toy basically. And then finally we've got the Nintendo Switch. It really feels like uh, more of a modern style name. Uh, naming aside, uh, let's talk about what else they showed in the video. They showed the cradle. Well, the video started out with a guy sitting there playing Zelda. And the very first thing that I was looking at is, oh my god, what's in his hand? What's in his hand? There's no screen in his hand, which is a big deal because I figured if they were gonna, if they were gonna have a screen that then had to stream to the, uh, TV, that was gonna make it a lot harder, uh, a lot harder for them to accomplish. So as soon as I saw that there was no screen in his hand, I was very relieved. Uh, because I think the Wii U, while it had some amazing games on it, it was also an abysmal failure from Nintendo. 
Uh, anyway, so he's sitting there. His dog's barking at him. He's playing Zelda. He gets up, goes over to the TV, and uh, snaps on his controls and takes it out of the cradle. So let's talk about the cradle for a second. Uh, the cradle for the Switch, which looks really cool, by the way. Uh, first off, it shows two USB ports on the side. Uh, the, and there's there's no weird angles like where the P... Or the P... The, the Wii... I was confusing Wii and PS4. Uh, the PS4 has like these weird angles. It's not quite square. Uh, and then the Wii, not the Wii U, but the original Wii, it, it came with like, I mean, it was a, uh, you know, a rectangular unit, but it came with this weird stand to make it kind of lean back, which was really a weird design choice. I never really understood why they did that. Um, but this just looks like a regular, uh, rectangle and I really think it it looks good and it's going to look good underneath your TV uh, there's only one little LED on it so it's not going to be blinking or, or super bright I do remember walking into um, my living room at night with the Wii and seeing the blue glow of the disc uh, telling me I forget I, I forget even what that was for but I always found that irritating and then we've got the Wii U that has uh, the blue glow on the controller that's sitting off to the side. As you walk into the living room, it's blinking at you saying, hey, I've got an advertisement for you. Come look at me. Um, I Yeah, I could turn that off, but I never did. The advertisement part of the Wii U I found to be a lot less irritating. In fact, I kind of thought it was a cool feature. Um, you know, it didn't really tell me much because... I follow this stuff pretty closely, so yeah, I already know that Mario Kart 8 is coming out today. Thank you, Nintendo. But I can't count the number of times where my son has noticed that that thing has, has been blinking, and he picks up the controller and looks at it, and he sees a game, and then he runs into the office and is like, Dad, Dad, there's such and such a game is coming out. So... It looks like that is going to be gone. Uh, just looks like there's a uh, one LED to indicate whether or not you've got your um, your console in the cradle correctly, uh, and I think that's cool. It probably will it'll also indicate the charge level of your console. Um, that being said, looking at the cradle, I do worry about scratching the screen uh, of the tablet portion of the of the console as you put it in and out of the cradle. Uh, so. I'm a little worried about that. One of the things I always really liked about the D, uh, the 3DS and the DS before it was the clamshell design because when I closed my system, well, first off, if I was in the middle of a game and I just needed to pause it to go do something, I just snap that closed and uh, it, it would automatically go into low power mode. It would uh, pause my game, and then when I was ready to resume, I just open it back up, and it jumps right back to where I was. I always really like that. I hope there's a button somewhere on the console that just automatically does that fast, so I don't have to power it down or or, or something like that. Um, but another really great thing about the clamshell design is that it protects the screen from getting scratched. So this doesn't have that clamshell design, uh, you're definitely probably going to want a case. Definitely, probably. You're definitely going to want a case for your uh, Nintendo Switch. And I'm going to struggle the whole time I record this not to call it the NX. Um, that being said, when you when you take your game on the go, you don't really have to do anything. You just walk up to the game that's playing 
You grab the console out of the cradle. You don't have to pause it. You don't have to push a button. The unit just switches off. Your TV uh, screen goes black. And the same exact picture that was already going on the uh, system switches over to your portable. That being said, in the video, I'm fairly certain that this was some CGI stuff where they were putting the video game on the console. I don't think that that was... I'm 90% sure that that was not actual footage running on the console. Uh, that being said, it'd be cool if when you just pull the console out, it switches over automatically and you don't have to do anything like push a button to switch. Kind of like on the uh, on the Wii U, uh, if you want to tell it which screen you want to show it on, you have to push a button on the, on the screen. Uh, let's talk about the controllers. So there's a lot of controller options, but we'll start with the detachable controllers. Uh, you've got controllers on the side of the unit and they can be removed from the side. And it's got that satisfying click that I said about uh, uh, earlier about it. Um, that being said, those could just be sound effects added in post. Uh, they call these things the joy cons, which is a really weird name, but I see what they're saying. It's like joystick, joy controller, uh, Joy-Con for short. So I see what they're going... I understand what they're going for there. Um, apparently, you can play with them attached to the system, or you can play with them detached from the system, holding one each in each hand. And then they also have like this uh, bridge, that I'll call it, that connects the uh, Joy-Con left to the Joy-Con right. Um, and that makes it so that it feels more like a traditional controller. Uh, the bridge also has eight lights on it, four on each side, to indicate to you, yes, that the um, Joy-Cons are connected to the bridge. And depending on which lights light up, it tells you if you're, I'm guessing, if you're player one, two, three, or four. Um, also, uh, in the middle of the Joy-Con bridge, which I wish I knew the real name for it, but I don't, in the middle of the Joy-Con bridge, I bet you that's where there's amiibo functionality. So I bet you it's got an RF reader. I doubt that the Joy-Cons have an RF reader on their own. And I'll bet there's also an RF reader in the screen itself um, so that you can have amiibo uh, functionality. Uh, that being said, that's all speculation other than Nintendo has confirmed that there is amiibo functionality built into the system. We don't know how. Um let me think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you, you end up sliding the controllers down from the top to attach into the screen. They have like a snap. And then at the very top of each of the Joy-Cons, there's a button. On the right one, there's a plus. On the left one, there's a minus. It looked like in the video that those are the buttons that you push in order to remove them from the system. Kind of like uh, if you look at the, not the Surface Pro, but the Surface Book from Microsoft, there's a button that you push and it releases the screen from the keyboard. I'm guessing that this is something that they've done so that you don't accidentally detach the controllers from the system because that would be very bad, especially since they slide down from the top. If it suddenly let go, then what would happen is the screen of your system would slide down and it would fall and break. So I almost guarantee that you have to push those buttons to release and uh, I think that's a really good move on Nintendo's part. Personally, I would have said have them slide up from the bottom instead so that even if something did go wrong, the controller or the tablet portion wouldn't fall out 
that's the only change that I would make there. Um, the controllers have thumbsticks, not circle pads, which I think is a huge win for everyone. I, I mean, I like the 3DS as much as the next guy. In fact, I probably like it more. But an actual stick is better than a circle pad. Now, these controllers look like they're really cheap and easily made, which means you'll probably not have to pay too much money for them. One of the problems that I always kind of had with the Wii U was that the controls were attached to the screen. And that meant if one of the thumbsticks kind of got worn out, which we've all had uh, controllers where that's happened, um, then you got to replace the whole thing. Now, if there's something wrong, like you get a sticky button or something like that, you just pop that off, buy a new Joy-Con, pop that in. That's a win for everyone. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, let's see. What else about the controllers? Rumors are, or people are saying rumors, which I, I don't think they're founded. Not that I think they're wrong, but they're not founded anywhere. It, that you're going to be able to buy extra controllers that have different button layouts, which I think that that would be cool, especially if Nintendo is selling these things cheap and the button layouts make sense. I don't want games to be designed with a specific button layout in mind. And if I don't have that uh, extra hardware, uh, then I'm kind of screwed for playing that game. That would be really bad, unless the Nintendo the game ships with the part that I need. And I can buy that part separately if that thing breaks. Uh, Nintendo, in the era of the Wii and the Wii U, have gone a little bananas when it comes to peripherals. I hope they don't, don't go too crazy. I don't want... I, I want to make sure that if they do a peripheral, it's always an optional thing that can be accomplished in some other way. And the reason for that is because third-party developers are not going to develop for an optional peripheral that they don't know that everybody has. It's always better for developers if they know 100% of the people who have a Nintendo Switch are going to have this feature. So therefore, I'm going to include this feature. Um, that being said, other cool things about the controllers is you can play multiplayer games on the go uh, because each side of the controller has a stick and face buttons. Um, playing this way doesn't really seem to me like it's the most comfortable solution. Um, but hey, if I want to play Mario Kart with my son and we only have one of these, I can I really doubt that I'd play play it like this very much. Um, that being said, I'm glad that they added in the option. Um, if I do have two, uh, two uh, switches, it seems like Nintendo has built in networking to the device to the device as well. Uh, they showed four people playing a basketball game together using two Nintendo switches, um, like they propped them up back to back, and then. Uh, uh, each one of the players popped off one of the uh, Joy-Cons and was, was controlling a character on the screen, uh, which I thought that was really cool. Uh, another thing about the controls is the D-pad that Nintendo is very famous for, for is gone, and it's replaced with buttons, and it seems more like they're face buttons than a D-pad. Um, at first, I was a little wary of this. I mean, Nintendo's always had really great D-pads on their hardware, and it'd be ashamed if this one doesn't measure up. Uh, 
I'm guessing that this is so that when you're using only one of the detachable controllers, the D-pad acts as the face buttons and feels more comfortable. Using a D-pad as face buttons wouldn't really feel comfortable. So I understand why they did that. Uh, luckily, uh, the Pro Controller has a real D-pad on it. And I, I, I'm sure that this thing is not going to ship with a Pro Controller, but I guarantee that people are going to be buying pro, pro Controllers for this because... That D-pad doesn't look very comfortable. Um, the Switch is cartridge-based. This is another thing. They showed the cartridges. They look a little thicker than a DS cartridge. And um, for a portable system, cartridges make sense. There's less moving parts. Uh, in, a portable, in a portable device, less moving parts is always good. Um, my guess is I'll probably be buying most games digitally anyway. Uh, small cartridges are easy to lose, and I tend not to trade games in, so I've been buying digital games for a really long time. Uh, that being said, there's obviously no disc spot, and it, the cartridges look to be a different shape than 3DS, so it looks like we're not going to have any physical hardware backwards compatibility with the 3DS or the Wii U. I'm fine with that. Nintendo has actually, I believe, confirmed that that's true. Um, that being said, they they said physical backward compatibility will not be a possible. That means digital backward compatibility will be, or may be, would be a better way to say it. So that means, have they finally figured out that if I've bought a game on my account, I own that game on my account and my license transferred forward to the new console? If so, that's a huge win for, for gamers. If not, Nintendo, you got to get your act together. But we'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, the system has a headphone jack on the top along with what looks to be uh, ports for venting. That means they may have a fan in this thing, which that's an odd choice. Um, we'll, we'll find out how that works because fan means moving parts. Moving parts mean battery consumption. And if this thing is running super hot, I don't want to hold it in my hands. So... That being said, I'll probably end up playing it plugged in most of the time anyway. Uh, we'll see. I'm not nearly as uh, mobile as the uh, the uh, beautiful hipsters that they got to uh, to advertise the the thing. Uh, one thing about the advertisement while I'm talking about it, I didn't see a family. I didn't see kids anywhere. They are advertising this not as a family uh, console. They're advertising it as a console for people 18 to 24, which is great because those are the people who spend the most on games. And if they're advertising it to them, that means it'll probably be popular. And if it's popular, we're going to get more third-party games, and then nobody will feel the need to go out and buy the other consoles. That being said, I don't think this is going to be as powerful as the other consoles. I personally don't need it to be as powerful but there are reasons why it needs to be powerful enough, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so like I said, there's a headphone jack on the top. I can't stand that it's on the top. I wish it were on the bottom. That means you're going to plug in a headphone, uh, your headphones on the top, and then you're going to have the, the wire either go down in front of it or around behind it, and you're losing wire length. Uh, I would very much prefer that the headphone jack be on the bottom, but I understand why they can't do that, seeing as how... That's when you snap the um, the main unit into the cradle. The bottom is what hooks up. So there you go. Um, let's see. Where was I? Ah, uh, yes. They didn't 
come out and say it, but they did show Amiibo in the video, uh, and they did say, oh, no, they did say it when I wrote the the quote-unquote script for this. They hadn't said it yet. Uh, it would have been really foolish for them to leave out the Amiibo feature as it's been very successful for them. I don't think that the controllers will have RID, RFID, maybe just the tablet tablet itself, and I already talked about the uh, the little bridge. Uh, let's look at the Pro Controller real quick. It has thumbsticks located where the Xbox has them. Uh, originally, I was like, hmm, that's odd, because in, on the Wii U Pro Controller, it's really symmetrical. And the more I thought about it, I finally had realized they did this so that when you're using the Joy-Cons as a single-player or as a multiplayer thing where I'm holding one of them and playing, they're symmetrical. So nobody has to hold them upside down. So if you go back and you look at the Joy-Cons, you're going to notice that when the players are using them with the joystick on the left side, uh, they're the same shape. And this is probably the reason why they moved that stick down. Uh, that in addition to the fantastic yin-yang looking logo that they've got. Uh, so anyway, the Switch controller or the Switch Pro controller has the thumbsticks located where the Xbox does. Um, I, I like that. It's fine. Um, it's not a deal breaker for me either way. The Pro controller also has full D-pad support that we, uh, or the full Nintendo D-pad that we know and love. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the, the video featured Skyrim, which is really interesting. I don't think I've ever seen N Nintendo, uh, push a mature themed game. And when I say mature, I mean like, made for older people doesn't mean that it has to have blood and gore. Uh, that's a conversation for another time, but a game made for adults. I don't think I've ever seen them push that, especially in an, in an, in an announcement. So that was a little surprising. Also very exciting because that means we're going to get Bethesda on board for this. And I just can't imagine being able to play Skyrim wherever I want. That's really cool. Uh, let's talk about what the video didn't tell us. It didn't tell us the specs. We have no idea how powerful it is compared to the PS4 or the Xbox One. Those are the current uh, generation of consoles. We got an Xbox bringing out uh, Project Scorpio. We have no idea how the, um, the Switch is going to uh, compare to that or the whatever is coming from PS5 if we ever get one now that they've uh, un announced the PS4 Pro. Uh, so the, the, the difference in power, we've got no idea. My guess, it's not going to be able to compare. And the reason why? Because they got to keep battery life down. You make this thing too powerful, it's not going to be able to handle... Uh, it, you know, you'll turn it on and you'll, you'll have to have it plugged in. Like my, I had a, um, a Sega Nomad, which was basically a portable Genesis back in the day. And if I wanted to play that thing for any length of time, I had to have it plugged in. It chewed through batteries incredibly fast. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with it not being powerful. When I play games on the Wii U, I always think, damn, these games look good. They look really good and it's not that powerful a system. I think we're at the point in current technology where having something you know just being able to push more floating operation uh gigaflops per second um that's not what is going to make a game 
Uh, it used to be that, you know, if you didn't have a powerful enough system, your games looked like garbage. Now, games look pretty flippin' good, and I'd say even during the Xbox 360 and the PS3 era, games looked pretty good. The Wii U, I think the games look beautiful. So, while I don't expect this to compare uh, in a numbers sense... I think that it's going to look, the games are going to look really good. Will they run at the same frame rate? Probably not. I just hope that they run at, at at least 30. 30 is fine. You get below 30, you're going to be running into problems. It needs to be running at 30 frames per second, preferably 60, um, where the, the Project Scorpio will be pushing games out that are running at 120 frames per second, while the, the Nintendo Switch is running them at, at 30. They'll still look good, and I've never really been one that can notice slowdown anyway, unless it's uh, jumping back and forth between two uh, two frame rates. Uh, and Nintendo hasn't really been competing with them with with other game uh, gaming systems for the last few generations. They they haven't worried about being the most powerful. Uh, so. That being said, that's not the only reason that you want your system to be powerful. There's a lot of things that a, a gaming system can do that is not actually all about the graphics. You know, figuring out what's going to happen in the game with AI and and things like that in the background. So we'll find out. I just hope that the system is powerful enough that it makes it possible for third parties to easily port their work on other systems to this system. That being said, most of the time the games that they make on other systems, I just end up playing on Steam, and I just have the Nintendo system for Nintendo games. Uh, Let's move on. The next thing that they didn't tell us is, is the screen a touchscreen? I didn't see anything to indicate that the te- that the screen is touch sensitive. They didn't say anything about a stylus. I think it would be great if it were. But that being said, there's a lot of reasons why it shouldn't be. Uh, so first off, why should it be? It should be for games like Mario Maker. You, you gotta have a, 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 a touch screen for Mario Maker. It's not really a game that would be very playable without a touch screen. Uh, another reason why you would want it is because it would make building a UI really easy. Here's reasons why you don't want a touchscreen. You can't get the, the third party developers cannot guarantee that the touchscreen will always be available to the player. If the player wants to sit on their couch and plug their, um, their Nintendo switch into its cradle and play with a regular controller. Now that that screen is no longer accessible, so you can't depend on the player having access to the touch screen. So there's a good reason right there why you don't want it to be touch screen. I think that it would really confuse the average consumer if the touch screen or if the screen were not touch sensitive. The main reason why I think it would con- confuse consumers is because Anytime that young kids see a screen, they try and touch it because they're used to iPads and iPhones and Android and all that stuff being touch sensitive. They're always trying to manipulate things by touching the screen. When my son was younger, I constantly had to tell him, don't touch my laptop screen, little guy. Uh, This laptop screen does not 
uh, respond to that and I don't want your fingerprints on it. But he was always trying to touch stuff. Uh, so that's going to be confusing for young, Nintendo's younger audience. That being said, Nintendo doesn't seem to be aiming this at a young audience. So we'll see what happens. Um, one other reason why you would want a touch screen is because one of the great things about it is getting the clutter off of the main game screen. That's one of the things that, that has made the DS an, an, an awesome system to have is you get this little window into the world and it looks great. And all of the other crap, the cruft that is, uh, usually cluttering up a video game screen is down on the bottom screen. This system seems to be, it's a one screen system. When you're playing on a TV, it's in the cradle. I don't think it's going to be projecting things over, over like, um, Wi-Fi with quotes. I don't know what they would be using, whatever they use to project onto the, onto the Wii U screen. I don't think that we're going to get that. So whether or not it's a touch screen, I don't know. I'm probably fine with it either way. I think Nintendo, I think it's in Nintendo's best interest to have it not be a touch screen. That way developers know the the user never has access to a touch screen. We don't have to develop for it. Um, that being said, the bridge that connects the two Joy-Cons, what if that was touch sensitive and you could have like a mouse in the middle, kind of like the little touch sensitive thing on the uh, PS4 DualShock or the, the DualShock 4. I said that weird. Anyway, that being said, uh, speaking of the screen, it looks to be roughly the same size as an iPad mini, which I think is a good size for a portable. Uh, hopefully it looks thicker. Uh, hopefully it's not too heavy. Uh, if it's too heavy, that's why they built in the little kickstand so you can hold it up, pull the controllers off and play it without having to hold it up. I think that's a really, uh, smart way to solve that problem of it being too heavy. I hope it's not too heavy. Um, but you know, I'll take it anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to buy one of these. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is Apple, which is kind of weird. Um, I said a second ago, it's on the same size as an iPad mini. It looks to be, and that got me thinking, cause I, I kind of was thinking about Nintendo and Apple and the same thought. And I said to myself, wait a second. Miyamoto surprised us at the at the on the stage when they unveiled the iPhone 7 event I believe. Wouldn't it be awesome if he showed up again because Apple has an announcement that they're planning on the 27th. Wouldn't it be awesome if Miyamoto showed up again holding up the um pro controller and said, "Hey everybody, guess what is available for iOS?" Wouldn't it be cool because Nintendo is now making uh, games for iOS and Android, iOS first, Android second, it would be really cool if you could buy a Nintendo controller and you could use that controller to play the games that they're selling. I think that that would be a really big win. That being said, Nintendo's mobile future is a little murky right now. Uh, they were partnered with DNA, D-E-N-A, which is... uh they, they make mobile games, and recently DNA just got closed. So I don't know what's going to happen with Nintendo's mobile stuff. Very interesting. Uh, they didn't announce a price. The more I think about it, the, I, I think it's probably going to come in at about $350, maybe $399. If they sold it at $300 or, or maybe 250 
it would fly off the shelves and it would destroy the competition. That being said, boy, I say that, that phrase a lot. Um, I don't think that it's going to be that cheap. Nintendo has a history of making a profit on everything they sell. If they sell it too cheap, they won't make a profit. And their investors already haven't reacted well to the announcement of the uh, the Switch, uh, which we will never call the NX again on purpose. Uh, anyway, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for watching, watching, for listening to episode two of Switchcraft. I forgot the name of the show there for a second. I just came up with the idea, uh, I don't know, like, well, 20 minutes before I started the podcast. Uh, Anyway, so that's it. I will see you guys around next time. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of information between now and the end of the year. Nintendo has specifically said that they're not going to be saying anything until the end of the year. That's that um that's okay. The end of the year is not all that far away. March uh 2017 is not all that far away. Um if you are looking to hear just general gaming news, make sure you check out my other podcast, uh Run Jump Stomp. You can check that out on YouTube, on Twitter, and or yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Run Jump Stomp. You can find uh me on YouTube and Twitch at Run Jump Stomp. And if you just check out runjumpstomp.com, you can find all that stuff there. Thank you so much for listening to me rant on about the Nintendo Switch. I'm so excited about this system. If you're listening to this, you're probably pretty excited too. So we'll be fast friends. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>